Welcome to Leading and Learning. My name is David Spell, and this is the podcast where we talk about practical leadership, team building, theology, and how to create winning habits. I was a police officer near Atlanta, Georgia, and retired as a lieutenant after almost 30 years of service. I've also been involved in pastoral ministry and leadership development for over 30 years. Now, my wife Annie and I are training leaders in helping plant churches throughout Brazil. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'd love to hear your questions or your feedback. Just leave me a comment or a question at davidspell.com in the comment section for today's episode. Now, the title of today's podcast is called Jesus' Most Important Message, and we're going to be talking about the Sermon on the Mount. A number of years ago, uh, my wife and I led a, a Bible study on the Sermon on the Mount, and we spent an entire year working through these three chapters of Matthews 5, 6, and 7, talking about the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount was probably Jesus' greatest sermon, his greatest message. Now, we get the feeling in many of Jesus' other teachings that we're only getting a, a, a percentage, a snippet of the entire sermon. The Sermon on the Mount, however, is recorded in Matthew's Gospel in chapters 5 through 7 and is likely presented in its entirety. At any rate, we get the feeling that we're getting much more of the sermon than we do in, in some other places. The Sermon on the Mount contains many of Jesus' best-known teachings, such as the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, and even the Golden Rule, Do unto others as you'd have them to do unto you, from Matthew 7. This sermon is often regarded as the clearest presentation in the New Testament of what the Christian life looks like. One commentator says that it comes closer, closer to being Christianity's manifesto than any other single portion of the Bible. The Sermon on the Mount encapsulates the message of the kingdom. At the very start of his ministry, Jesus preached, At last the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Turn from your sins and believe this good news. Mark 1.15 The Sermon on the Mount articulates what life in the kingdom of God is supposed to look like. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul might even take this a step further. While he never mentions the Sermon on the Mount by name, in several of his letters, he's, he describes what the normal or, or the spirit-filled Christian life looks like. A look at these passages show a number of close parallels to what Jesus taught. For example, Paul lists the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In one form or other, Jesus speaks about each of these fruits in his Sermon on the Mount. One of the most interesting things uh, that Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount is how he expects his followers to approach the law. In fact, that's one of the, the first subjects that he, he deals with in Matthew 5. Uh, most Jews of that day, and that was the majority of who Jesus would be speaking to when he gave the Sermon on the Mount, most of the Jews of that day could say they kept the law most of the time. Most of them could say that they did not commit adultery and that they had not murdered anyone. Jesus, however, understood that just keeping the letter of the law was never what God intended. 
In regards to murder, for example, Jesus made it clear that the spirit of the law involved what was going on in a person's heart. He said, But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Matthew 5.22 In other words, being angry with someone can be a violation of the law. Even though the person does not act on their anger and murder the person that they're angry with, the anger itself, if left unchecked, is the same thing as committing the act of, of murder. This is what, what Jesus was talking about when he talked about the spirit of the law. Another example that Jesus gave was that of adultery. He said that it was not enough not to just avoid the act of adultery, but Jesus made it much harder. He said, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 5, 28. Jesus places the heart attitude of lust on the same level as the actual act of adultery. So Jesus doesn't make it easier for us. He actually makes it harder as he explains the law and the spirit of the law. Jesus' explanation of the spirit of the law actually takes obedience to the law to another level. For Jesus, what's going on in someone's heart is as much or more important than just obeying the letter of the law. This teaching, as much as anything else that he taught, brought Jesus into conflict with the Jewish, Jewish religious teachings. Another important aspect of the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus' emphasis on living a lifestyle of faith. He encourages his followers to trust God in their day-to-day -day living. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, about what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Matthew 6, 25 and 26. Jesus stressed to his followers that if they sought the kingdom of God first, God would provide for their needs. Matthew 6, 33. In discussing how to live out the Sermon on the Mount, we'll make one last point, and that's in Jesus' teaching on prayer. In Matthew 6, uh, he spends a, a majority of the chapter talking about prayer. In chapter 7, Jesus again returns to talking about prayer and the importance of persisting in prayer. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Here Jesus stresses the need for us as Christians to continue in prayer, to persevere in prayer without giving up. Now we've just barely scratched the surface. These are just a few of the important ideas that Jesus conveys in the Sermon on the Mount. But we would all do well to study and to spend time and, and live out this amazing message. As with other, every other aspect of the Christian life, however, it must be remembered that it's a life that must be lived, yielded to the Holy Spirit. There's no way we can live the Christian life in our own power. It takes the Holy Spirit working through us. Uh, the Holy Spirit's the only one who can help a believer to live out the Sermon on the Mount. Now it's your turn. I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com, 
Leave me your comment or your question in the comment section for today's post. Make sure while you're there, if you haven't already done so, you sign up for my newsletter. It's free. I publish three blog posts a week, and subscribing will ensure that you do not miss a single issue. And if, you could, if I can ask one more favor, would you take just a moment and go to iTunes and give Leading and Learning a review? Good reviews help us to get our content to a larger audience. So thank you so much for that. So until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.